the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Welcome to Let Us Reason, a Christian-Muslim dialogue with host Al Fadi. Let Us Reason is a unique show utilizing theology, apologetics, and evangelism to reach Muslims for Christ by comparing and contrasting Christian and Muslim doctrines. And now, your host, Al Fadi. Well, good morning, everyone. Hope you're having a beautiful Saturday and a wonderful week. And as we approach Thanksgiving, I want to wish all of you a very blessed Thanksgiving holiday. May the Lord be glorified through this holiday in your life. And also, may the Lord use you in the life of those that you may end up inviting, especially those that do not know the Lord. Now, uh, today I'm going to continue, of course, with my uh, current series on updates uh, that has to do with my Facebook posts. And obviously, if you're tuning in right now, you're listening to Let Us Reason, and I'm your host, Al Fadi. And you can always go to our website, sirainternational.com. Again, it's sirainternational.com, C as in Charlie, C-I-R-A international.com, to always listen not only to this particular podcast, uh, today's podcast, but also all the previous uh, podcast uh, through our archive and you can go to soundcloud.com forward slash let dash us dash reason and of course through kpxq 1360 and even now you can go to youtube to our sierra international channel and listen to let us reason in there as well back again to the topic of today we are going to keep hammering out this idea that the quran as Muslims believe it, is preserved, is perfect, and free of errors. And in my previous, uh, basically, Facebook post, I have shown clearly from evidence that is available online for any Muslim, actually, not just for exclusively certain people who have access to these websites, to any Muslim. They can go and see some of the problems with some of the early manuscripts of the Quran, this particular one that I am squeezing, basically, is called the Samarkand Manuscript, which many Muslims used to believe, including myself when I was a follower of Islam, that it is the earliest Islamic manuscript of the Quran, that it was actually one of the copies that the uh, third Caliph Uthman ibn Affan wrote, or at least superintended its writing, and then dispersed it to a number of town uh, towns under his caliphate and the Samarkand is known by the Samarkand because it's in Uzbekistan right now and it's in Tashkand in a museum over there but nevertheless um, scholars uh, realize later that it cannot be an Uthmanic copy including Muslim scholars in Turkey and other places as well for a simple reason the writing style itself is Sufic which known to be at least early 8th century. Uthman lived in the 7th century. Second of all, it contains also 
variations from the 1924 Quran, which many believe is based on the Uthmanic uh, resm or the Uthmanic, basically, uh, letters. So both of these simple discoveries pose a lot of problem. Now, I'm not really going to talk about those issues only, but I want to revisit the Samarkand once again and show that it is missing words. In fact, I have obtained an entire facsimile copy of the uh, manuscript itself, and I examined them page by page to make sure that what the website is stating is represented in the actual copy of the manuscript. And I can assure you it is. In fact, the website that I've been going to to try to expose these ideas, for instance, one of those websites is called answering-islam.org. You can go there and just type Samarkand and you'll be immediately directed to this page in there that makes a comparison between the Samarkand and the 1924 Quran. Why is the 1924 Quran important? Because that's considered by the majority of Muslims to be the standard copy of the Quran. Why was it 1924? Because it was in 1924 when it was made fixed and standard. And it was done in Cairo. That's why it's called the Kyrene copy or the Cairo edition. And in 1935 was even finalized and known then by the name of King Fuad who was the, um, uh, the king of Egypt at the time, King Fuad edition, and reprinted later in uh, mid-1980s uh, by the Saudi government, known as King Fahad, basically copy. Uh, the 1924 is extremely important because that you can consider that to be the fixed standard copy that you begin to base all variations or variants, if you wish, from that particular copy. So we look at this manuscript that used to be believed to be the earliest manuscript. By the way, there is a newer one, an earlier one, known as the Sana'a manuscript that was discovered in 1972 in Yemen, which I have yet to touch, but we will definitely uh, invest a lot of time talking about it. So back again to this issue. If you look at this Samarkand manuscript and compare it to the 1924 edition, you begin to discover some problems. For instance, in uh, chapter 7 of the Quran, verses um, uh, 86 to 87, we find that in the Samarkand edition, uh, there is a letter that is missing in there. And, uh, and, and it talks about God basically is mocking the non-believers. But the way you write the word mock basically in Arabic, uh, it requires... Uh, it's almost like uh, a, an alif, basically. A, we call it in Arabic, ya maksura, with a hamza. Uh, this means that you have to have a, an ending that will indicate, basically, the object of this um, mocking by Allah. However, in the original uh, writing of the manuscript itself, uh, this ending wasn't there. Uh, therefore, making the meaning, uh, it could be, uh, uh, you know, perceived that way by those who read it back then. But technically speaking, it shows that this particular ending wasn't in existence back then. In the 1924, it was added. The point is, there is a change between what the manuscript writing was and what we see today. That's the main point that I want to basically expose here. Then we get to another verse. In chapter 7 of the Quran, verse 82, uh, the original writing, the original writing, uh, basically, of this verse, uh, where it says, uh, 
they said, uh, bring them out of your town. Bring them out of your town. And here it's talking about a story related to Lot, basically, and his people. And asking, um, the people are asking Lot to bring the angels that visited him, to bring them out, basically. Uh, and nevertheless, um, the writing in the original manuscript of Samarkand doesn't look even close to what we see today. And it's written in a different way. Uh, and it could be uh, basically read differently as well. Remember, the original writing of the Quran in these early manuscripts never had dotting or diacritical markations or anything of that extent. Why is that crucial? Because Semitic languages like the Arabic, for instance, are dependent on these pointings, dottings, diacritical markings which allows for an easy read, and therefore, if you read it correctly, then you can interpret it correctly, and you can derive the right meaning. So you can take the same word, by the way, and change the location of the pointings or dottings or markations, and that can change the, uh, the meaning drastically. So the image is right there on this website. You can see for yourself the difference between how it was written and how it is written now. That indicate a change, okay? Here is another uh, interesting one. In chapter 7 of the Quran, verse 73, if we go to this manuscript and we look at the Samarkand manuscript, there is the word, the earth. That's in the original manuscript. However, in today's Quran, it reads earth without the definite article. So what happened is the definite article was removed, actually, and it was corrected. Why? Because if you read the verse with a definite article, um, then it's it's going to sound strange. You have to make some modifications to it. So they, in other words, the 1924 Quran made corrections to the grammar of the Samarkand. That in indicates a couple of things. Whomever wrote the Samarkand lacked knowledge of grammar. That's number one. Number two, Maybe that it was revealed this way, and if it was revealed this way, technically speaking, it was revealed in a very weak grammar, and therefore humans in the 1924 made corrections to the grammar of the Quran, and there goes this claim of eloquence of the Quran, technically speaking. So, any way you look at it, there is always going to be a problem. So, that's another example. You find this, of course, in chapter 7, verse 73. We move on to the same, basically, verse, chapter 7, verse 73, and now we have another problem. Now, uh, in this uh, particular uh, clause, it is talking about a camel, okay, a, a camel, a masculine camel, okay, and uh, the, the God of Islam is saying, um, uh, this camel was sent to you as a sign from your God, okay? But the camel here is indicated as a masculine uh, uh, camel. In 1924, actually, it was changed to be a she-camel. So she uh, it becomes basically a feminine camel. Who made this decision? Because the manuscript doesn't have it as a she-camel. It has it only as a masculine camel. Okay? So a human being in 1924 took it upon themselves to make the change based on whatever readings that was in existence, basically, or whatever they entrusted to be the correct way of reading it. In other words, 
when the Samarkand was written, either it wasn't written correctly or it was written correctly, but the people in 1924 thought it appropriate to make modifications to the gender here. So changes are taking place. Once again, if you're joining us right now, you're listening to Let Us Reason. I'm your host, Al-Fadi, and we're talking about problems with early Quranic manuscripts. And here's why this is crucial, by the way, because my beloved Muslims always attack the Bible, always claim that the Bible has changes in it, always claim that the Bible has been corrupted, and yet the Quran is perfect, is preserved, it has no changes whatsoever until I showed up. And now I'm showing basically that there is all kind of problems in these early manuscripts, especially the one that many Muslims, if not all Muslims, used to think that the Samarkand manuscript of the Quran is the earliest copy that was written by the third caliph Uthman, which discovery today shows it's a wishful thinking, really, that this is written by Uthman anyway, dating-wise. And if it was written by Uthman, then shame on the 1924 uh, editors of the Quran, the standard Quran, because they made changes to the 1924 that does not match what this early manuscript is saying. We move on now to the same chapter 7, but this time we're going to look at verse 68. Verse 68. In verse 68, there is uh, uh, the word faithful in there. The word faithful, uh, faithful is there. And if you look at the original writing of the manuscript, the word written there is not even close to reading faithful, okay? And even uh, the way it was written, uh, the word before faithful is, I am just a warner, I'm just an advisor. Um, it doesn't even come close to looking the way it is written right now in the 1924 Yet again, this is an indication of corrections that were taking place, modifications that were taking place, and therefore humans in 1924 made those corrections to the original writing of the Quran. And there goes the idea that the Quran is preserved in heaven perfectly because human beings are taking upon themselves the idea of modifying what is preserved in heaven. Then we get to the funny parts here where there are words that are missing. In this case, for instance, the word Allah itself is missing. In chapter 2 of the Quran, verse 283, it will read something to the extent that let him fear Allah, his God. Let him fear Allah, his God. Okay? Yet in the original uh, manuscript of Samarkand, the word Allah does not exist. It reads only, let him fear his God. So here now is an indication that someone decided to insert the word Allah to make it clearer that it's talking about the Islamic God, uh, where in fact, if you remove Allah, it could be talking about a different God than the Islamic God. You see what's going on here? There is theological manipulation that is taking place here. Once again, this is in chapter 2, verse 283, and you can go to answering-islam.org, search for Samarkand, go to chapter 9, basically, of that particular pass, uh, that particular book that will appear, or it will take you directly there. But in chapter 9, you begin to see images of the manuscript at the top and images of the way it is written today in the 1924 for that particular passage. We move on now to chapter 2 of the Quran, verse 284. Verse 284. 
Here, the editors of the 1924 Cairo Quran decided to remove a basically a, uh, a pronoun, uh, basically, and replace it with a noun, the proper name for Allah. Because initially, the manuscript would have read something to the extent, and he is able to do all things. So they removed the, the pronoun, uh, the uh, basically the pronoun he, um, and replaced it with the proper name or noun Allah. So instead of saying, and he is able to do all things, they made it read now, and Allah is able to do all things. Once again, an indication of theological manipulation that is taking place because the he could have been applicable to a different God than Allah in this particular passage. You have to look at the context, of course, and begin to discern what was going on in there. And that's what many scholars are doing. And by the way, I am, by the grace of God, uh, will be working on my uh, PhD dissertation as well. Uh, pray for me that I will be able to focus it on things like this. It's still under consideration, of course, hasn't been approved. But uh, this is where my passion is, to try to work on issues like this for the sake of my Muslim people. I am not here to try to antagonize them. I'm here to wake them up from this deep sleep in believing that the Quran that they have in their hand today is actually a preserved Quran, matches the early Quran. By the way, the 1924 Quran is just what's considered to be the standard Quran. There is, today, I, as I speak to you, there is 26 different readings of the Quran that are available publicly these days. 26 different readings. So you have 26 variations, if you wish, from the original Quran anyway. But we'll deal with that at a later time. Now, in chapter 3, verse 37 of the Quran, the same issue emerges. There is an insertion of the word Allah. Initially, uh, this is talking about Mary, the mother of our Lord Jesus Christ. And, um, and, and basically, um, uh, somebody is talking to Mary uh, and he's saying, uh, Mary, uh, where did you obtain this child? Okay, uh, Where did you obtain this food from? And uh, most likely it would have been Zechariah who was talking to her. Uh, but uh, she responded by saying, it is from Allah. Okay? It is from Allah uh, who basically provides whomever he wills without any accounting. Okay? But yet in the 1924 Quran, they repeated the word Allah again for emphasis. So it will read something like this. It is from Allah, for Allah is the one who basically provides whomever he wills without any accounting. So you see what's going on? Once again, there is modifications or emphasis that is added to the verse itself when in fact it wasn't there in the original uh, Samarkand manuscript. So all we're pointing out to so far is that the 1924 Cairo edition of the Quran made modifications, additions, and theological manipulations in a variety of ways. And by the way, what you're what we're looking at here in this particular image or these images represents probably less than one third of the Quran so far. So uh, I mean, if if you have already one third that has the, that many problems, then you definitely need to be concerned about what about the rest of the Quran, technically speaking. So, um, we uh, basically, um, uh, we, we get to uh, chapter 3, verse 78. Once again, we discover actually uh, an addition, okay? 
we uh, discover an addition to the passage right after the word Allah. And uh, this is clear, technically speaking. Uh, when you get to the manuscript itself, you see that there was someone who took it upon themselves later because the style of writing is different than the style of writing of the manuscript itself. It could have been by the 19th century uh, editor of the manuscript itself that discovered that this phrase is not there. So they added it and then it was instituted later in the 1924. Okay. Then we get also uh, similarly to the addition of the word Allah in uh, chapter 3, verse 109. Um, uh, it reads, uh, in the 1924, it reads as follows, And to God belongs all that is in the heavens and on the earth, okay? And to Allah, uh, all things return, technically speaking. However, uh, we really do not see, uh, we do not see, technically speaking, the word Allah in the original manuscript, in the Samarkand manuscript, uh, indicating that someone added this word to clarify the reading because without it, it would have been obscure or a little bit difficult to understand what's going on. So here again, we see a human being uh, making modifications to the Quran to make it more palatable, more readable, more understandable. In other words, the Quran as it was written originally wasn't clear. Now, here is my question. Once again, if you're tuning in, you're listening to Let Us Reason. I'm your host, Al-Fadi, and we're talking about problems with early Quranic manuscripts. In this case, we're focusing on something called the Samarkand Manuscript of the Quran, showing that it contains a lot of missing words that were added or inserted later, specifically in the 1924 Cairo edition of the Quran. My question is this. If we're seeing that many modifications and additions and corrections, um, how much of the Quran went through this, basically? Uh, how much of the Quran has been, technically speaking, manipulated by uh, humans to make the Muslim person think that this is what the word of Allah was saying to them? Uh, isn't that uh, manipulation and basically deceiving people who would take the Quran for granted? Didn't that deceive people like myself for all of my life when I was following Islam to think this is what the word that I am reading is the word of the God that I was worshiping? Doesn't this indicate that people have an agenda when they were doing the 1924 Cairo Quran, basically a Cairo edition, to try to manipulate the thought of the followers of Islam? I mean, you need to ask all of these big questions. This is no easy matter, by the way. Once again, uh, we go to chapter 5, verse 119 of the Quran, and the word Allah is added once again. Uh, it used to uh, read something to this extent, and under Neath it, it's talking about description of mansions in heaven, from underneath it, there are rivers, and they will be uh, the dwellers uh, of these, basically, gardens forever. Uh, and it will read something to the extent of saying, Allah is pleased with them. This is what the 1924 will read. Allah is pleased with them. With who? With the dwellers of heaven, basically, the gardens in heaven. However, in the original manuscript, in the Samarkand manuscript, it didn't read this way. Uh, it will say just, he is pleased with them. Once again, they replace basically the pronoun with a noun, clarifying that it's Allah who is pleased with them. How do we know? 
What if the intent was the angels will be pleased with them? What if the, it's talking about a, a character in heaven? What if it's saying Muhammad is pleased with them when they're there? How do we know? So there is theological manipulation that is taking place to make these kind of corrections in order to help the followers of Islam and the Quran to understand one agenda that is being uh, forced on them based on the 1924 Cairo edition. My time is up. So thank you again for tuning in to Let Us Reason. Hopefully today's episode um, uh, was helpful to you. We encourage you, of course, to always share it with your Muslim friends. Uh, we're not here to attack them. We're here to try to help them realize that there are some issues with the Quran that they need to be aware of, and they need to begin to realize that what they're reading today is not exactly what they assumed it to be in the heavens. Always thank you for your time, and thank you for your blessing, and thank you for your support. You can always go to our website, sirainternational.com, listen to this podcast, watch our videos, and pray for us as well as we continue to develop things like this. Until we meet again, have a blessed week. Star General Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal record to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.